0: star jump sequence terminates, Captain.
1: Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast sheet. Oh, aye, sir. Bring us in closer.
0: Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive.
1: Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy, and there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance from This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the event horizon where the impossible happens. I'm your host, Jean Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is an award-winning actress, entertainment correspondent, and pop culture authority, Claire Kramer.
0: I I love how that sounds, guys. Thank you. Isn't that great? (laughs) I need to take you guys around with me and introduce me everywhere.
1: (laughs) Okay, we'll go. Yeah, we'll do it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you guys for having me on today.
2: Now, we know her because we're crazy science fiction people, um, as Glorificus, commonly known as Glory, the Beast, the Abomination, and That Which Cannot Be Named, except that we do. Um, she was also at Courtney in the cheerleading film Bring It On. Um, she is a coveted moderator at Comic-Cons Worldwide and is reported for CNN, Access Hollywood, HuffPost, and E! Now, we yeah, have... Are you guys there? Yep. I, I did my research. Um, We have very good memories of Claire from Buffy and the kindness she has shown for the fans over all these years. Now, uh, we had friends who went to the great Buffy Backup Bash, which she facilitated when a dodgy convention vanished into bankruptcy and left a lot of fans stranded in town in in beautiful downtown Burbank in 2005. And we still remember her and still... still proclaim her fame as one of the good people.
0: That is so nice, guys.
2: <laughs> now, she and her friend, comic uh David Magadoff are uh putting are putting on a podcast. What is the name of the podcast? Is that the fin- one thing I didn't do? Ugh, I can't believe it. It's did. called Fanatics. Fanatic. Oh, that's right. Oh, there it is.
1: Fan Fanatics.
2: Fan addicts. Uh-huh we have we have an addiction there we go so they have they interview actors or others or you know other artists who have other interests besides acting which you know i think any Rounded human does, and you know they've got like Tiffany Tyson loves cookbooks, and, and boy, I should talk to her. I have I have almost more cookbooks than science fiction books, and that's saying something. um You know, Greg grunberg loves the Ford Bronco. I mean, that's that's a hobby, isn't it? That's all done to itself. So, what we're doing is, uh, or what they are doing is, kicking off a run of Dexter episodes because David who's not here today, um, has been playing a Teddy, a shiny new rookie in the police force on Dexter. So there's like a whole series of Dexter actors and their, and their other interests, which is going to be loads of fun. Now I have a fan theory about Dexter, that Dexter from Dexter's lab, the cartoon grew up to be Dexter from Dexter mad. Yes. Scientist. Yes. Lives for his lab work has a sister you know Dee Dee Deb could it, it could it be I'm never gonna watch Dexter's lab the same way again I tell you that right now that is definitely a good theory <laughs> <laughs> anyway I'm just flinging it out so what have we left you to talk about um tell us about fan addicts well actually funny enough it's pronounced fanatics and mm-hmm. um,
0: and we did want the fan, the word "fan" in there, so you're correct to enunciate the first part. But we say "fanatics," and it's just a podcast about enjoying and celebrating what makes each of us an individual, which is having those geeky or eclectic, you know, collections or hobbies or things we love to do. You know, something mm-hmm. that actors and artists. Don't get to talk about a lot is something other than their work so when you come on fanatics you are given permission to not talk about your career to not talk about the role you're famous for to not talk about any of that stuff but instead to focus on like what is something in your personal life that you just love doing and as you mentioned in the intro Tiffany Thiessen absolutely loves cookbooks she not only has published one but she has over 500 cookbooks and she doesn't even cook from them all so it's (laughs) that kind of uh you know collection or um passion that we're looking for another um good example you guys gave is Greg Grumberg he absolutely loves Ford Broncos he loves the old ones the ones from the late 90s the new ones that are coming out now and he collects Ford Broncos he has several and he's constantly texting me other Broncos that he would like to buy. <laughs> so people are really into what they're into, and Fanatics celebrates that and kind of goes into a deep dive of why you love what you love.
2: I think that's wonderful. I I, I, I need to listen. I need to binge more of these. You do, definitely.
0: <laughs> I think we're on episode 33. Now, what we have done for the Dexter run is Dexter, of course, is, I'm so excited because I was such a huge fan um, of the original series, um, especially when Rita was alive, obviously played by my best friend, Julie Benz. So Mm. when David was cast on the new Dexter, basically we decided we would have a Dexter guest, uh, you know, another actor from the new limited edition series on each week. And they would talk about, not the show, not Dexter, not what they're doing there, but they would talk about what they're fanatical about. The only difference is prior to having the guest on, David and I spend about six to eight minutes recapping and talking about the episode. David, of course, talks from a first-person perspective of what what it was like to be there, what it was like to be on set, what what interesting things happened. And I talk more from the fan perspective <laughs> of like, okay, what's going on with Dexter Morgan now, you know, all these years later after he left Miami and headed up north to live?
1: <laughs> wow. I mean, that's there's so much... There's so much that we don't know about the people that we see in the public eye all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like, like uh, um, uh, Dwayne Johnson is a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan. You know, I things love like that. that. And
0: you know who else we had on who's a big Dungeons and Dragons fanatic is Deborah Ann Wool, who came on and talked about her absolute love and passion for Dungeons and Dragons. And also, she is sort of like. Become a dungeon master, if you will. Oh wow! <laughs> and cool. is like leading people. She led us after the episode. We're like, oh my gosh, we need to play with you. You're this is like amazing. And so we got together with her on a weekend and actually did a D and D game, which was so much fun. So yes, I would I would love to talk to Vin Diesel about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sure Deborah Deborah
2: Ann would as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vin Diesel is a huge uh, huge Dungeons & Dragons player he, he as well. He is said to yeah. have
2: dragged his whole Riddick cast into it. Can you imagine, like, Dame Judith playing a fighter or whatever? I love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the thing I learned about Dungeons & Dragons, is it's such a creative... Process, you know, I didn't. I grew up with my memory of Dungeons and Dragons as the cartoon. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Watching it in the '80s and having fun in that aspect, in that world. But I didn't really understand like the character building and the sort of creative mind you have to have to play a true Dungeons and Dragons game. So that's really what Deborah taught us in that episode. Anybody who loves D and D is going to love that episode of Fanatics. Oh, we got to listen. Oh, yeah.
2: Has that been on yet, or is it in?
0: Yes. The- okay. And if you go to, the website is wearefanatics, F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S dot com. It's actually the best place. To, of course, we're on iTunes and every place else you can get mm-hmm. your podcast. But this is the easiest place to scroll through and look at the 33, 34 episodes and say, oh, this one sounds interesting. Oh, I'd like to listen to that one. Oh, I love, you know. Uh, Phil Lamar. I didn't know he was into Batman comics. Or I love Ray Fisher. I didn't know he was super into strategic board games. So that's huh. the best place to go check out everything.
1: It's uh, yeah. I'm I'm constantly surprised by the 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 spectrum of things that people. I mean, it's like you were saying. Everybody's into something, and it's uh, just like regular people, huh? Yeah. It 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 makes everybody feel that much more real and that much more like real people to, to, mm-hmm. to know these things about them.
0: Well, and it's it's funny because you get someone, you know, of celebrity, if you will, on and you give them permission to not talk about what everyone in the world wants to talk to them about which is their career, and their roles, and how they create their characters, and what happened in the set, and what was it like to work with so-and-so, and and you know what I mean, and how did you get started, and what advice do you have? And you say, forget all that. You've, You've talked about that a million times. We're gonna talk about something you love, you know? And they really, the guests really, really open up. And it's just such a fun, fun environment
2: you can just watch it in their face we had a friend who was going to um a local school at the airport for uh to be an airline me- or air- airplane mechanic and they spot um Worf. um god i've just blanked on his name the actor who plays Worf in in star trek next generation and oh uh Michael Douglas. Dorn. Oh, Michael, Michael Dorn. Michael, Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas that you know, would be I, an interesting choice. Tr- I could totally see Michael du- <laughs> Douglas as a, as a Klingon. But no, right? Michael Dorn. That would be great. <laughs> who is an air, you know, is an, uh, flies a small plane owns them. He it was in his contract he wasn't allowed to fly while the uh, while he was working in a series full time because if anybody was going to hurt him it was going to be them.
1: <laughs> he mm-hmm. can't do
2: anything dangerous. So, it was between series and he's he's out you know, flying his plane or whatever, and um, the the students spot him and talk to him. They all want to talk about Star Trek, and our friend Robin says, "Tell us about your airplane." And and Michael uh-huh. just lit right up and talked about his airplane. But I absolutely see what you're what you're talking about here. Yes, exactly. And
0: you know, it's just it's just a really fun way to get to know people you're already passionate about, people you already love but from a different point of view, you know what I mean?
2: So what does Michael C. Hall love? What is his, what is his thing?
0: Michael C. Hall, first of all, I love Michael C. Hall. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Michael C. Hall loves Chip Gaines from, um, from what's not home improvement, but, uh, the home makeover. Oh, Fixer-Upper, that's what it is. Oh, they uh-huh. have they have their line, Chip and Joanne Gaines have their, of course, famous line for Target, and they're really infamous with Fixer-Upper. They've gone on to do other things. Michael is obsessed with Chip Gaines and, like, his positivity and the fact that he is just a really bright influence in the world, you know, and and to see Michael idolize someone like chip is just it's so amazing because so many people obviously idolize michael but michael just he just really loves fixer-upper and he loves chip on that show and so that was that's what he's fanatical about another fantastic episode that was episode 30 kicking off our dexter who
2: wouldn't be i mean you know it it is i keep going to home improvement stores i haven't been approached by a tv crew yet Darn it! Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, you exactly. know who should,
1: you know who you should get on. Oh. Bert, Ward. Mm, Bert Ward. Bert Ward and his dogs. Bert Ward is a dog fanatic, and he's actually got he's got a uh, 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 his own line of dog food.
2: Oh. That's that's
1: uh, that you can buy in supermarkets. Uh, I can't oh, remember the funny. name of this stuff. I think
2: it's Bert Ward's. Dog food Might be Bert
1: Ward's like, dog food or, like, or something like, like that. Oh, yeah. Gentle
2: giants, that was it. Gen, yeah. So we wanted to talk to him when when they did the revival of of you know him and and the old gang doing super Superman Batman uh, animated uh, yeah Batman right. sixty six animated and we were only allowed to talk to him if we let him talk about the dogs. So we let him oh talk gosh, about the that's dogs. That's great. We actually had Katie Sackoff
0: come on, um, and she she did episode six, and she talked about her love for dogs, and so that would be really fun to do an episode with Bert and kind of see how, what similarities, what differences there were, because I'm sure there's just you know everybody, even if it is the same topic, has a completely different take on things.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, his his thing was uh, big his dogs. thing was yeah, big dogs and and formulating foods for big dogs that would make their lives better and keep them alive longer. He's got a
2: He seems a, to have something beyond a something.
1: Yeah, you know, oh. most most big dogs live what, 12, 14 years something if like that.
2: If you're very lucky, but he
1: and, and he's got one that's like 18 years old. Oh wow. <laughs> you know, coming on 20. And it's By it's, now, it's yeah. yeah, and it's all about uh it's all about the quality of the food that they're given.
2: And and how to feed them, how many mm-hmm. times a day and how long you let the food sit out.
1: Yeah, but he's really done his research. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, you'll
2: find that people who come on Fanatics they know their topic
0: inside and out. <laughs> you know, and that's part of the fun.
2: Well, I'm intimidated by people who know too much more than I do about a topic. So. <laughs> oh, oh, <man>. oh. But I, <laughs> well, I'm... we
0: can't all be experts in everything, right? <laughs> Damn it!
2: What other what other uh, episodes should we listen to? Well, the, I mean. <sighs>
0: There's so many great episodes. Um, Like I mentioned, Ray Fisher loves strategic board games like Catan or Risk or, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, which I definitely am with my kids, that's a great episode. Um, Let's see. Michael Rosenbaum loves 80s horror movies, Mm. which is a really Mm -hmm. fun episode. Uh, I can see
2: Lex Luthor being into 80s horror movies. Yes. I totally can
0: here's Him one and of his my character. favorites Tony Hale of course from Veep and you know Emmy Award winning actor hilarious guy he loves indoor malls so he loves going huh. to different indoor malls and having like the whole experience um, of what you what happens at a mall basically you know the different restaurants the different shops but not outdoor malls not atriums he likes the indoor experience so that was a really fun one um, I, I told you about Deborah Ann Wool who loves Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. and most recently we had Jamie Chung on from Dexter who plays uh, if you're watching the show he plays the podcaster Molly on the show and she loves fast food and that was a really fun episode as well <laughs> <laughs> because we just got to talk about every fa- I'm like you are definitely going to get an endorsement deal from one of these places
2: <laughs> and she likes she the totally should
0: Not particular.
2: (laughs) I mean, not everybody is into strategic board games, but I think everybody is into food. I mean, right? everyone can relate to this.
1: You mentioned Settlers of Catan a little bit ago. (laughs) Yeah. What are you into? Uh,
2: In terms of board games? Or anything. If if you were on the show, what would you be talking about?
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, we did a funny promo for Apple Podcasts where David and I talked about what we really like. David likes comics. I have a problem collecting furniture, especially chairs. I love to
2: <laughs> You got <laughs> kids. You need more furniture. Chairs.
0: Yeah, I have a lot of kids, need a lot of chairs. But it's kind of... I had to do an edit after. It was really funny because I think when we did the promo, I had like 25 or 30 chairs in <laughs> the promo. And I'm like, oh my God, Claire, what is wrong with you? You have got to like edit these down so, <laughs> so awesome. i have done a little bit of editing but i i love 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 like furniture chairs i also collect cloisonne are you familiar with cloisonne I have, yes
1: i have a friend who does that I'm, in okay. fact i'm holding one in my hand at this very moment
0: oh my god that's crazy um yeah so i love cloisonne i you could turn me loose at like an antique small or even a thrift store and I would be just as happy as if I were shopping at Barney's. You know. <laughs> I don't care. Like I just love interesting things. There's I'd the, probably be the more thrill
2: happy. of the hunt, I think, really comes into it. And you've got a really good enamel piece, man, you know, that is art. Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. And with and I have everything from like this little cloisonne owl that I keep my q-tips in because the head comes off and it's perfect for q-tips to like dishes candlesticks I have little boxes everything
1: have you thought about making your own cloisonne
0: I have not no I but I'm open to it
1: Uh uh-huh
2: if you can draw at all you can probably
1: do this
0: yes well, okay, and it, that's interesting to know. How uh-huh. so? What would you suggest in terms of? Do you make clothes? Uh,
1: no, I don't. But I used to work at uh, there's there's this hobby shop over on. Um, oh
2: no, they closed.
1: They clo- they're all they're already gone. They're gone.
2: They're gone. Oh, no. uh, our place our place that sells supplies uh, just just closed. KidCraft, Craft, and they had the the copper or, or brass, t- you know, that you bend. Into shapes to put in, uh-huh. and the uh, enamel stuff that you melt into mm-hmm. it and the kilns right the little kilns
1: they had they had the whole thing and yeah. uh, uh, so I I worked there way back in the day it was like my first real job <laughs> uh, you know my first real full time job and uh, uh, it's there there's some new stuff to learn you know like uh, um, like bend, bending the wire and getting it in, into shape, and and uh, uh, soldering it all down onto the backing, and and doing mm-hmm. all of that, and you have to use silver solder because you know the heat required to do uh, cloisonne is enough to melt regular solder, you know, regular lead solder. Right. So right. you have to use silver solder. And uh, yeah, but there's all of the of the tools and parts are available. Uh, at uh, at some of the better art supply stores. Mm. And uh, it's definitely something that you could probably learn to do.
0: I think awesome? I'm going to take you up on that, because you know, I really also, I was just thinking while I was doing yoga earlier today, I was like, you know, I think I'd be really happy if I just could do a lot of yoga, like, <laughs> act when I felt like, you know, taking on a project, and uh-huh. then have a craft room. <laughs> so... I think that I, I'm definitely interested in what you're saying. That is something I may explore.
1: Yeah, that cloisonne can be, well, you you know a lot more about it than I do, really. Uh, the cloisonne can be uh, tremendously intricate and tremendously uh, useful in unexpected ways. You know, it can, mm-hmm. be,
2: a, it can a, be flat jewelry or it can be, a, a, you know... On jars and things like like for your Q-tips,
1: you know, mm-hmm. or, or, exactly. <laughs> or or constructed boxes, you know, just mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. You could make with with your knowledge of it. You could probably make some museum pieces.
2: I mean, your beloved friends will will treasure the the things made by your own hands forever, right? <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, that's my challenge. What what about you guys? What would you have on if you were um if you were going to be on Fanatics, what what topic would you discuss?
2: Well, I I'd, I'd revisit the cookbooks and I think uh Tiffany is cute. And um 500 cookbooks, that's cute. I've got about mm-hmm. I've got about 2000. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, do you do you cook from them? I have cooked from at least you well Mostly, yeah, I don't I, I don't dip into the internet that much. I've got all the bu- these books, I've got favorites. I, I've mm-hmm. got sub collections, some you know literary cookbooks and um, uh, historical cookbooks. I I I used to be on the board of the Culinary Historians of Southern California in their Hospitality Committee, and every oh, time wow. they would have a, a lecturer on some topic, I would have snacks that tied in with it, and that was always a challenge. Oh, so
0: out of, your, out of your cookbooks, what is your favorite? Do you have like a favorite
2: five or favorite go-to or go-tos for different occasions? Well, go-to would be uh, The Joy of Cooking. That is the um, check manual of the kitchen. If you follow the, I don't care who you are or how stupid in, in cooking you think you are. If you follow mm-hmm. what they wrote out, you will get what they told you you will get. You will you will get um, Hollandaise sauce or you, right. know, you know difficult cookies or whatever whatever it is no. you know, if you if you get a 1970s edition you will have full instructions on how to skin a squirrel. Oh really? My gosh! That is totally true.
1: Wow! Oh
2: my gosh! That's oh. crazy! Wow! But that's that is the, if if you have to buy one cookbook that's the one. That's the one. Okay.
1: Yeah. And for my part, uh, I'd say my my latest thing is 3D printing, and fabricating oh. things from fabricating things using 3D printing and prop making. You know, because I used to do that uh, back in the 80s. I made that's I did, almost
2: too co- close to a career
1: thing. I know. Well, but it's so much fun. It you is know? fun. And and lately, explain
0: to me how a 3D printer works. But you, after you say what you're going to say, lately.
1: Uh, lately, I've the the stuff I make, I give away to other people as gifts. You know, I make things that people can't get, that they really, right. really want.
2: So right. we know costumers, and you know, there's parts of Han Solo's costume you can't buy over the counter, like the little blivets and you know cylinders and things and pins, right. and Whatever.
1: And one of our uh, one of our staff writers, uh, Elizabeth Carley, is a huge, huge Star Trek fan. Uh, but she's also broke, so I made her a uh, a replica of the phaser phaser pistols from Star Trek: Discovery.
0: Oh my god!
1: And it was like detailed down to the knurling on the knobs, and you know that. So kind where of
0: thing. does the three D printer get its? Explain this to me. How does it work for someone who <laughs> you know doesn't know anything about three D printing? What do you What do you do? It goes
2: by layers, basically. You they.
1: You start with a 3D model, uh, like uh, something that you'd make in Blender or Maya or uh, uh, Autodesk uh, Fusion 360, you know, drafting software, and uh, you send it to software called slicing software, and what this does is it cuts it up into layers, Uh, and when you send it to the printer, it prints one layer at a time, and it builds up the object from the raw material that you feed into the printer.
2: So it's from the bottom to the top, and it's...
1: And and it builds up the whole thing in layers that are as fine as 250 microns. So, so
0: how does it... What does it use as its well, template, or the, its well, guide?
1: Well, it, it uses the... It uses the geometry that uh, that you sent you know that you uh sent to the uh, slicer it comes from 3d models you know like the uh-huh. the description of the vertices and polygons that make up the 3d image that you would you know like something like from a video game for example Normally you would display that on the screen and it would be animated and this kind of thing, but you can also take that same data and slice it up and print it out as a three-dimensional real object.
0: That
2: is crazy to me.
1: Yeah. And then basically
2: that, they have this plas- really crazy. <laughs> they've got this plastic goop, this um, you know a liquid resin or meltable plastic filament and um, it just makes this in plastic in different colors. Any color. You can paint it when you're done, but So how long does it take to render like like let's say
0: you were three D printing a Rubik's Cube, could you do that?
1: Oh yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And
0: how long would that take?
1: Well it depends it's on it's hours. Yeah, it's it's measured in hours, uh, and it depends on which 3D printer you use and how big it is. But a uh, Rubik's Cube, for example, that could be something like uh, 25 hours to 36 <sighs> hours to print.
2: And you probably want the stickers to put on the sides. So well, yeah. You don't, you know, it doesn't come in all the colors. You right.
1: Know? Yeah, you print in one color at a time, regardless of what kind of plastic you use. Okay. Generally speaking, but yeah, it it can be very short. You know, I can print like little replacement parts for, uh, like, oh my my uh, the remote control for my son's RC. The the little battery cover is has been lost or something. I can re- print a replacement in a couple of hours. Mhm. Uh, all the way up to. Uh, printing a full model of a Star Trek Discovery phaser, uh, I had to print that in multiple parts, and it took about a week. Wow,
0: that's crazy. That is definitely interesting, and that is technology at its best.
2: <laughs> well, and um, tell, tell her about what you did for Children's Hospital.
1: Mm. Yeah, last year, uh, when the supply lines for the, the uh, personal protection equipment
0: yeah.
1: Uh, were non existent, and we were, and the, uh, the doctors and nurses were just in a panic trying to get personal protection equipment because they were working with COVID patients every day and they couldn't get this stuff. Uh, a Dr. Hanuni from Children's Hospital in Los Angeles commissioned me to produce six dozen heavy duty, permanent use uh, face shields. And I designed and built them using 3D printers, bought a second 3D printer for the job because one of them was too slow, and I produced 60 of them, and she paid for the materials and I did the work, and... uh, We had
2: to buy the clear plastic that goes in front of the face, but the the headset that holds it on was was his own uh, creation.
1: And uh, yeah, we 3D printed the stuff. I had to, the, the clear plastic for the face shields, I had to order from Ohio because every single source in Los Angeles County was tapped out.
0: <laughs> wow. That's that's intense. That's crazy. And how long did one of those masks take?
1: Oh, I'd say one of them took nine, nine hours to print on average. Wow. So am that... I... I had to have two printers or I'd never have gotten through it so right. I had two printers working night and day night and day night and day for about a month
0: wow <laughs> I am speechless that's crazy I've always been amazed with 3d printers I don't yeah I, I haven't really had a clear understanding so thank you for that lesson
1: <laughs> you know, it's like having you know it's like having the replicators from Star Trek Except a lot slower. A lot you know, slower. A lot, a right. lot slower. Well, I mean, they can't
2: give me lunch either. Right. <laughs> I just want to go up to a slot in the wall and say, I'd like a chicken sandwich and coffee. And
1: and, and with and luck, it... it wouldn't come out with tribbles all over it.
2: Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what have I got looking around here? I see Star Wars lightsabers. I see Star Trek stuff. I see uh, My Neighbor Totoro stuff and uh, and a evil goose with, oh, and the whole Holy Ark from Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Yeah, I have, I've got a miniature model of the Ark of the Covenant here on my desk, and it holds my SD cards.
2: Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And it's gold. It's, yeah. It comes in a very pretty gold tone. They It
0: comes in okay, colors. So I think we've established cookbooks and 3D printing. You know, we haven't had anyone come on and talk about 3D printing, so... Oh that's that's something i actually do have a friend now that i'm thinking of it who is i would say fanatical about that but he has not been on the show yet so you would be the first
1: yeah
2: well, wow. is that an invitation uh sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay do it yeah oh i'm up for it Yeah, you know, I, and I, i've got uh yeah i've got other hobbies as well i'm also a, a musician
2: oh that's amazing Back, yeah. back when he was working for the special effects studio, he, he had a weekly guitar class and it was kind of zero to Blackbird in nine weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. great.
1: I took people from, I don't know how to hold a guitar to, oh, I can play Paul McCartney's Blackbird in nine weeks.
0: That is great. Blackbird is anything one of my else? favorite
1: songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. They could play other things, oh, okay. of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a few.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I did it once and then I, I said, hmm, well... Um, maybe they're just really, really good, and that was a fluke. So I ran the class two more times, and I succeeded two more times. So,
0: oh my gosh, I love it. Well, that is amazing.
1: So yeah, I, I worked for Rhythm and Hughes for like ten years. Wow, Rhythm and Hughes Animation Studios, and worked on some worked on some films, and have some screen credits.
0: That is great. I love that. Well, I think we'd probably still go. This is actually how we kind of get people to decide on their topic we have Mm -hmm. them throw out a couple things and then we think about like the episode and like which would kind of be the most interesting for our listeners so i think with Mm -hmm. you we'd probably stick with 3d printing but i love that you have a variety
2: (laughs) you know i I didn't want to make the show about us but you have demonstrated your method here which i think somehow turns it back on topic (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a funny quirk, but you're right. Mm-hmm. It worked. <laughs>
2: yes. What else are you working on? Are you you know have you got any acting jobs coming up that we we can see you in? Let's see. Right now, coming out of COVID, I have not
0: taken anything. Um, I'm I am looking now, so I will mm-hmm. start working uh, again. But I kind of took like the last truthfully i was homeschooling four kids um
1: that's a lot of
0: kids (laughs) so it was not a good time for me to you know do other things but that being said now i am definitely ready to you know i was just kind of like working on my december january goals and getting back out there and finding a good project is part of that list for sure
1: Homeschooling for kids must be a real challenge.
0: Well, I'm not doing it anymore, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> well, school's back but, in in
2: this part of the world, so yeah. And school is back if, in. And they're all for but, school age, so.
0: Yes, they are, last year when they were home for a year, they were in uh, first, third, fifth, and sixth. Oh my so word. So we partnered up with a couple other families and did a pod at the house where we had a tutor come in every day. They go to private school, so their schools were still, they were doing Zoom for the normal duration, eight to two of a school day. Um, But we had uh, a pod leader come in every day and she would help them all do the Zooms they we rotated who provided lunch for the group every um you know so monday one family was responsible tuesday another family and just made it work because otherwise the you know people who have jobs can't you can't be a full-time homeschool teacher and also you know do your job (laughs) yeah i I worked from home this was our solution yeah. yeah
1: You must have learned a great deal about education and being an educator during that process.
0: Um, I learned that that I, I had a renewed respect for educators, and I learned that I was very happy with my kids going
2: to school. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Because this wasn't your career, really.
0: No. <laughs> so, yes, it was an interesting time for everyone. I think um, hopefully we're on our way out, but...
2: You know, I can't was, even was, imagine sitting in you know in a Zoom for six. I get squirmy after an hour
0: of Zoom. Well, you know, they, they the school that the kids go to, they did a wonderful job of trying to keep things as normal as possible. But yeah, it's it's a challenge for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, that's very cool. I personally can't imagine trying that, and uh, I applaud your courage.
2: Well, you know, that's, you've you've got a son taking classes, but you know, college classes by well, uh, yeah, but Zoom. And frankly, I think he's doing better on on Zoom than he was in person.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you know, and and it helps that it's something he's interested in. He seems to have a real spark for computer programming.
0: Yeah. so Yay. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and uh, he's also a uh, dungeon master. And Dungeons and Dragons, and somehow, I think whatever he does in life is going to have something to do with communications, or storytelling, or... If he could get a job,
2: a full-time job as a Dungeon Master, he'd be happy as ever, you know? (laughs) We played with them for a while and uh, uh, yes, you know, and we got to be creative, you know, instead of fighting lizard men, we we invited them to drink with us and lizard men really can't hold their brandy as it turns out.
0: <laughs> that is funny. It is
2: possible that I may have had better ideas than to take a shot every time my character did, oh, however. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that's that was... really funny. <laughs> it was it was entertaining. It was entertaining for me. I don't know about them.
1: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking to award-winning actress Claire Kramer.
2: Soon-to-be award-winning podcaster, I expect, because Fanatics is the best, and you guys have to listen to it.
1: And the URL for that is, again, wearefanatics.com. That's F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Dot com. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Event Horizon on Sci Fi Radio. It has been a pleasure.
0: Oh, well, thank you. It has been my pleasure. And yes, everybody, make sure you uh, check out Fanatics and then tell me what you think. We have a Twitter too. It's We Are Fanatics, obviously on Twitter. So, um, love to hear everybody's thoughts.
1: You have been listening to episode 232 of Sci-Fi.Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for Saturday to December 11th, 2021. We have been talking this evening to Claire Kramer, best known to sci-fi fans as Glorificus or Glory on Buffy the Vampire Slayer about her new podcast series, Fanatics. To hear her podcast, visit wearefanatics.com. That's F A N. A-D-D-I-C-T-S dot com This episode will air again on December 12th, 2021 at 4pm Pacific 7pm Eastern tomorrow afternoon and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4am Pacific 7am Eastern Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, (sighs) iHeartRadio, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-fi.radio is listener-supported Sci-Fi Geek Culture Radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge $5 a month to help keep the station on the air. Give the gift of geek music to your friends by helping support the world's only full-time sci-fi fandom radio station. That's patreoncom sci fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The Science Officer was played by science fiction illustrator Mark Shermeister. The Engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The Navigator was Christine Cherry. And the Captain was voiced by science fiction Grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2021 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on sci fi.radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.